You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. My name is Joe Martino, and I am your host for The Joe Martino Show. Today, I want to talk to you about the three Ds that are relationship killers, conversation destroyers, and overall a huge threat to emotional security. I also want to tell you about my vinegar cleaning escapades and how great it worked. And then last, we're going to finish today with an interview of a local therapist who is part of a new foundation to help veterans transition back into civilian life. All right, let's talk about the three Ds. Deny, diminish, dismiss. Often in relationships, especially in conversations that get heated, that get escalated, where someone's bringing something to us that we don't actually want to hear. Maybe they're telling us something that we didn't do, that didn't meet their expectations. They're telling us that we did something that hurt them. Whatever it is, when they bring us negative information about us, we are tempted often to engage in one of these three Ds. We either deny it, we diminish it, or we dismiss it. Uh, And what happens is this becomes a very dangerous cycle because it creates bad communication, which then destroys emotional security. The lack of emotional security creates bad communication. The bad communication destroys emotional security. And you can see how it will spin on and on and on. And so we want to talk about what they are, and then we want to talk a little bit about how we overcome them. Okay, so let's let's just start with the first one, deny. Okay, so deny can look, and a lot of times people, when I bring it out to people, they'll say, well, no, 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 I'm just disagreeing because it can look like a disagreement. But in reality, denial is different because it just tells the other person, you didn't actually feel that way. So uh, maybe your wife says to you, hey, when you yell at our son's baseball game, I feel embarrassed. And you could actually hit all three of the Ds in your response on this one. But a denial would be like, oh, that's dumb. You don't actually feel embarrassed. You just don't know what it takes to succeed, and I do. Or one of my favorites, and and I certainly have favorites in air quotes there, is when I'm talking to couples, and one person will say, when you do this, I feel afraid or disrespected or hurt. And the other person's like, no, you don't. No, 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 you don't. That's denial. That's telling the other person, I know what you feel, but you don't. You can see how incredibly insidious this is to building emotional security. And honestly, I see it all the time in couples. They start arguing about something. Uh, One time I was working with a couple and the the husband said to his wife, when you laugh at me like that, it hurts my feelings. It does not. No, no, really, it does. No, it doesn't. Like, it's just a flat-out denial. Uh, I know a guy that one time told his wife, I don't tell you about my dreams because every time I do, you snicker. I do not. Which brings up a really interesting question to me. Well, then why would he say that you do? Do you think he's lying on purpose? Now, a lot of times when I point this out to couples in the room, they'll say to me, no, 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 I'm just disagreeing. But a disagreement is an invitation to say to the other person, look, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, but I want to understand it. And, and I feel differently about it. It's not telling the other person that they don't feel that way. It's not telling the other person that they're flat out wrong. Now, 
I, I understand. Believe me, I'm married. I have four kids. I understand the temptation to want to just say, no, you're wrong. But, but it's, it's about saying, okay, wait, well, then help me understand more about this, right? I'm not sure that I agree. I don't understand how you got there. Or, and sometimes when it's how they feel, we don't really get to tell other people how they feel. It just, we just need to lead with, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you felt that way. Could you tell me more about how you got to that feeling? Right, because sometimes we get feelings and it really has nothing to do with what the other person said. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'll point out to people in the room, they'll be like, well, my, my wife told me this, my husband told me this, and I felt really badly. Well, okay, but that doesn't mean that your, your husband or your wife did anything wrong. Tell me why you felt badly. Maybe they legitimately called you out on something and you felt guilt. So a denial just says, no, that didn't happen. Diminish is a little bit different, right? So what diminish is, is it's a, oh, it wasn't that bad. Oh, come on. It wasn't really that bad. When I observe conversations like this, what I see is someone admitting, usually reluctantly, that whatever's being brought up did happen. But it just isn't that big a deal. Uh, I once had a conversation with someone at a conference, actually after a conference, one of our sessions, we were talking about this and the wife had actually thrown a sugar bowl through the window in the back door. And, and she actually said to me, I just don't understand what the big deal is. Isn't that better than me throwing it at him? She's just diminishing his feelings. She's diminishing how he felt about the event. Right, so the first thing we're tempted to do, or maybe not the first thing, but the first thing we covered today was deny. Absolutely, positively, you're just, you didn't feel that way, it didn't happen. And if we have to admit that it happened, then we go to diminish or dismiss. And the diminish portion of this is we admit that it happened. We're often reluctant in admitting that, but it just isn't that big a deal. You just need to grow up. I actually saw one time where uh, someone actually called someone else. The wife actually called the husband, like, you're just a little... I can't actually use that word uh, on the air, but most of you will fill in the blank. So when we diminish what the other person's saying, what happens is, is we tell them, yep, it happened, but it's just not that big a deal. Just get over it. So first we deny, then we diminish, and then sometimes we just dismiss. And, and this will be phrases like, oh, get out of here. Seriously, come on. And and this is this is a denial, but it's even more hurtful because it's it's an admittance of what happened and then a straight out dismissal of either any responsibility a dismissal of any effect on the other person often when a person is in the dismissive d what they're doing is they're judging themselves on intention well i didn't mean to i didn't intend to i'm sorry that you felt that i hurt your feelings that's not an apology That's a backhanded slap under the guise of friendship, right? And so what happens is the person's like, oh, well, gee, I'm really sorry that you can't handle my sense of humor, right? And and very rarely do these three Ds run alone. They typically run together, and you might hear all three of them at once. Oh, come on. It isn't really that bad. Or, oh, you're right. I'm so terrible. I'll just stop talking completely. I won't get involved at all. I won't tell the children anything. I'll never discipline again. Right? There's there's a dismissal. There's diminishment to the 
appropriateness of what the person's telling you. There's denial that you have a responsibility as a parent. And these just run together to destroy emotional security. That didn't happen like that. Now, what happens if I really don't think it did happen like that? The first thing you do, remember, we seek to hear first. We listen to understand. You'll hear people say all the time, you should listen to respond. No, you shouldn't. You should listen to understand. And then once you have understanding, you respond. So if you want to avoid the three Ds, you become a good listener. You utilize what I call in my book, The Emotionally Secure Couple, available at all of our offices and on Amazon. Uh, search The Emotionally Secure Couple by Joe Martino. I talk about the mirror method, which is not new with me. It's not like I created this great new method. It's been around forever. I've heard it called a thousand different things, active listening. It's It's been called... Uh, what did I, I heard it one time called persuasive listening, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but just being a good listener, li- seeking to understand what the other person's saying first, and then asking them, would it be all right if I told you how I felt about it? I, I'm not sure I agree that that happened the way you're saying it. Or if it's about a feeling that they have, I'm sorry that you were hurt by me, if they tell you it was hurt. I'm sorry that you felt whatever it was that you felt. Could you help me understand how you came to that conclusion? How you came to that feeling? What did I do? Okay, well, here's what I was trying to communicate to you without hurting your feelings. Is there a way that I could communicate that without hurting your feelings? And then listen. You will kill the three Ds by seeking to listen over seeking to prove your point. Let's use a pretty common example. Let's say that uh, I'm working with a new couple. We'll call them Jane and Jim. They do not exist. I'm making them up. And they have a new baby called Cedric. And Jane says to Jim, hey, look, I need help with Cedric. Can you give him a bath? And so Jim gives Cedric a bath. Pulls little Cedric up out of the tub. You know, they've got him in that little baby thing that you put inside the tub. And he takes little Cedric into the bedroom to put his diaper on him and get him ready for bed and starts to rock him to sleep. And Jane comes walking by the kitchen, or by the kitchen, by the bathroom, sees that the water isn't drained in the tub because Jim forgot to hit the button. So she hits the button and she starts to yell at Jim. You just never help. You don't help me do anything. Even when you do help, you just create more work because you don't follow through. I don't understand how hard is it to just push the little button down and let the water drain. And Jim's kind of taken back. He legitimately forgot. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. When you start yelling like that, I feel like you don't appreciate anything that I did with with Cedric. Well, why would I appreciate it? That's just what you do as an adult. Well, I feel like everybody would enjoy appreciation. Now notice in her response, why would I appreciate it? That's a denial. And then he comes back with, well, why would I, I you know, I would think that everyone would enjoy appreciation. Well, you need to learn to just do what you need to do. Diminish. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Of course you didn't mean to. Dismissal. Right? And it just runs. Now, there's a lot of different ways she could have said that, right? Like, hey, Jim, I appreciate the help, but would you mind, you know, hitting the button? Or he could even, it could have gone badly for him when she could be like, she could say that. And he could be like, see, you never appreciate anything I do. 
And she'd be like, well, I do actually appreciate it. That's why I said I appreciate it. Yeah, but I don't feel like you do. Okay, well, could you tell me how I could ask you to put the drain down without actually offending you, without hurting your feelings? You see how that runs? It's, it's just a simple tool. It's, it, you can get the same place, but you can do it in a healthy way. Or you can go down the 3D route and hurt the relationship. So the 3Ds, deny, diminish, dismiss, right? What we want to do to avoid them is we want to become good, active listeners. We want to mirror to the person. We want to ask them to clarify. We want to get more information. We want to listen to understand their position. All right, so over the week, I hope that you are able to be uh, aware on the lookout for the 3Ds in your conversations. All right, I am excited to uh, do this next interview. I am meeting with Dave Beach. Uh, Dave actually lives in my hometown, or I live in his hometown because he was here first. Uh, he is the mental health director of a new foundation in Grand Rapids called the Johnson Brower Foundation. It is a foundation that is uh, targeting helping veterans reacclimate to civilian life. Uh, they are located at 77 Monroe Center in GR. Uh, very excited to do this interview. We're going to talk to him about some different aspects of what he's going after and how they hope to help veterans move forward as they move back into civilian life. All right. So welcome, Dave. Thank you very much for coming today. Thank you, uh, Joe. Nice to be here. It's very, very good to uh, see you. I've been enjoying our conversation uh, leading up to this. Uh, I do want to ask you some questions. Tell me a little bit about the Johnson Brower Foundation how did you become part of it? You know, how did, how did you get connected to it? Mm -hmm. uh, Johnson Brower is the last name of Jesse Johnson Brower, and he is a veteran. Okay. Had a difficult time reacclimating, as you say, and really wanted to turn that around and help other veterans. So Jesse has started this new venture. Okay. Um, he's excited. I'm excited. Um, he called me just, just before Christmas and asked if we could do lunch. We've got a nice suite of offices at 77 Monroe Center Northwest, the old Michigan National Bank building where the weather ball used to oh, be sure. when I was a kid. Sure. And, uh, on the fifth floor, just really nice offices. Okay. And we're getting set up. Getting ready to help veterans. And now you're you're waiting on your 501c3 license to come through, correct? Or certification, yes. whatever they call that. Yes. Okay, and then once that happens, paperwork submitted, once that happens, then you'll launch forward. People yes. can make donations. Services yes. will start, that type of thing. Is that correct? Yes. Services have actually already started. Oh, they've already started. Okay. On a more of a quiet, uh, one-at-a-time basis. Sure. And I that's... see them through my private practice now. Okay. All right. Uh, but after the paperwork comes through, I'll see them through the foundation. Okay. And that is a... You're actually targeting veterans who are somewhat into the process of reassimilation, reacclimation, whatever you would call that. But maybe they've gotten stuck. Maybe they've kind of hit a plateau. Right? You're, yeah. you're talking about helping them a little bit further along, actually, the ones you see. Is that right? Did I understand yes. that correctly? Yes more in the process yeah we'd like to partner with other groups that are helping veterans um like there are groups that help 
homeless veterans. So they sure. provide them a bed and they sure. provide recovery services. So they take people that are struggling, wanting to get sober, wanting to get off stuff, um, and we'll let them do that piece of it. Okay. But this is more uh, from a counseling, more of a coaching, like just to come alongside them to provide the impetus give them a, a new way of reframing life reframing sure. their life in a positive more integrative way so they have some new ways of engaging their own life and okay being more hopeful okay um, that comes from my studies in the psychology of trauma and what it means to actually grow beyond trauma and okay. suffering all right, and so you are going to do some more non-traditional methods as well, right? You're going to create a YouTube page where veterans can watch. Any, really, anybody could watch it, watch the videos, a podcast, those types yes. of things. Yes. We want to broadcast it and get information, get tools out there as quickly as possible and as much as possible, and then also offer one-on-one in confidential space, one-on-one counseling uh, to support their marriages, to support their personal life. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, the videos, the podcast things, you're going to do that. That's kind of a, I guess, like a, what we call a virtual curriculum, if you will. And then the one-to-one counseling. Now, is that something that veterans can use like their insurance for? Is that, how does that work? Yeah. um, There are, a number of veterans who have not had such a great experience with the VA yeah. and some don't have insurance. So those are the kind of people that we would really love to target and underwrite their care. Okay. So that's the foundation piece. That's okay. That's the charitable uh, contribution part. Okay. We're looking for people to partner with us to provide the funding so the veterans don't really have to worry about right insurance or uh, VA benefits. This is something very private and uh, underwritten by the foundation. Okay, so their therapy would actually be covered for them yes, it would. through the foundation. That's yes, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, uh, and so one of the things that we were talking about just a few minutes ago is you know how this dovetails with your your PhD component. You are recently hooded, is, is that right? You are I'll go out in a couple of weeks. Okay, you're going to go out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, That's fantastic. Graduate. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. That's fantastic work on your part. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so now that you, your dissertation for your PhD was actually on suffering and trauma. Yes. And, and how people move through that narrative arc from, yes. from trauma to healing. Yes. And that's going to really be the basis for what you're doing with this foundation, correct? Yes, it will. Could you elaborate on that a little? Sure. Uh, I've been a therapist for a while, and one question I had was, how is it that as therapists, and I don't know if you've wrestled with this question, but how is it that as we sit with clients, um, and even as we sit with our own life, how can we, uh, on a firm philosophical foundation how can we approach another person and begin to help them in and through suffering when the only impulse that we have is to take away their suffering I mean 
that's not a bad impulse. Um, so if someone comes in and they're struggling with anxiety and they have panic attacks, of course you want to alleviate that. Uh, but there's, there's something that you cannot do, and that's to take away the trauma that has already happened in a person's life. So somehow we've got to deal with that in a positive and in a formational way and allow that instead of falling into an abyss, that that's often what it feels like, this bottomless pit, you know, the, the black hole, things go dark, or right. whatever the metaphor is. Um, how is it that we can set with a person and help them integrate this whatever has happened? And for veterans, it's often uh, pretty severe, the trauma. Um, a lot of death, destruction, and those just shatter their prior categories of how to do life. Right. So how do we help them reassemble that in a way that honors the suffering as actually formative, that they can come out on the other side and be a wiser person, be a more compassionate person. And what makes the difference between a person who grows after trauma and someone who just doesn't survive trauma? Um, that was my question. So my studies in my program were really looking at suffering through two different lenses. One of them was the psychology of trauma. So to put together kind of a mashup of the best of a lot of different theories, um, and then put together kind of a growth arc, a story arc. What does post-traumatic growth arc? Um, sure. If there is, uh, well, there is. I just made that there. up. Okay. Sure, yeah, coin the phrase. Post-traumatic growth arc, like a story, like you're telling a story. What does that look like? What are the components? And how can we help someone reframe, re-narrate their life in a way that gives hope and possibility? Okay. Yeah. Now, you're a teacher as well. Is, is, are you going to continue teaching at the university, or are you going to, is this going to become your full-time gig? Uh, this will be my full-time gig okay whether or not I continue teaching is that's uh, a question mark in okay my head all right I do love teaching I love the idea of helping people who are serious about becoming counselors they're sure. thinking about counselors sure um, I love teaching particularly undergraduate psychology because a lot of them the very thing that they believe may disqualify them because they've They've messed up in life. They've really suffered through some things. They think that's what's going to disqualify them. You know, they're not good enough to be right. counselors. You know, right, they, right, right. They didn't uh, do very well in the first half of life. Or right, something. right. So I teach adults that are coming back to school, and I love just engaging them right on that razor's edge because a lot of them are ready to throw in the towel at sure. various times and to try to encourage them to to think very differently. It's like, no, no, no. Let's reframe this. Because the things you've been through, the suffering, the trauma, that's what qualifies you. Right. Right, to walk with people. For sure. For sure. 
Uh, okay, so I have the webpage as johnsonbrowerfoundation.com. Is that correct? Yes. All right, so if someone wanted to learn more, they should go there, johnsonbrowerfoundation.com. Yes. Uh, and you can make donations there. Once all the paperwork comes through, uh, which actually by the time this podcast goes live, uh, might actually have happened. So yeah. they should check there. Yes. Uh, has a Facebook page as well? Yes. Okay, yes. so they can find it. Facebook, just search Johnson Brower Foundation. Is there anything else you want to add, Dave? Um, hmm. I, don't, I can't think of anything. All right, well, I want to Thanks. thank you very much for coming. Yeah. Uh, he is soon to be doctor. Well, he technically is doctor, right? Because you've graduated. Yes. He yeah. is Dr. David Beach. You can call uh, me Dave. Just, you can just, call we me can Dave. call him Dave. Yeah. Uh, and he will soon be hooded. Uh, very exciting for him. If you're a veteran, if you love a veteran, if you know a veteran that maybe you don't love but you like, Whatever it is, if they need uh, some services, look up the Johnson Brower Foundation located in downtown GR, and uh, hopefully they will be able to continue moving through the healing process. Okay, we're going to finish today's episode with me telling you about my experience with using vinegar to clean. My wife and I are in the middle of a remodel project, a DIY, is it do-it-yourself, DIY uh, remodel project at home and so we're tearing up carpet we're cleaning down things so that we can paint them and one of the things that we talk a lot about is balancing our need to kill really bad germs with you know filling our house with chemicals that may or may not be good for us uh, so one of the things that I like to do is I just like to you know look at different things we tried vinegar I made some homemade vinegar cleaner here's what I did I took two cups of distilled white vinegar uh, with two cups of distilled water. I mix them together. I put in some essential oils. Uh, we are young living essential oils people. If you're another brand, that's fine. We're just telling, just telling you what we use. Put in a little bit of citrus, a little bit of purification, a little bit of thieves. Shook it all up. Let it sit for a few days. Shook it up again. And we used it to clean this past weekend, and it was awesome. Uh, it's got a great smell. It really got everything clean. It really worked well. My next adventure is going to be that I am going to take actual orange peels and I'm going to stuff them into a jar with the same mixture, only I'm going to let it sit like sun tea. Some of you who are older, maybe some of you still do it, might remember when I was a kid, we used to make sun tea every day uh, through the spring, through the summer, through the fall. We would take a gallon jug, fill it up with water, put tea bags in it, sit it on the back porch for a little while, let the sun bake the tea. It was fantastic. I actually feel like doing that now as I talk. But we did the, we're going to do this with our cleaner and see how it turns out. What about you? What are your uh, do-it-yourself cleaning methods that you use? I'd love to hear from you about them. Feel free to send me an email, info at joemartino.com, I-N-F-O at joemartino.com. You can also reach out to me, joemartino.com forward slash podcast. Hit the contact me page and would love to hear what it is that you're doing to clean your house in, in maybe non-traditional ways. What are your homemade cleaning methods? I'm hoping that you enjoyed today's episode, learning about the three Ds, deny, diminish, dismiss. Also hearing from Dave Beach, the new mental health director for the Johnson Brower Foundation. If you are a veteran or if you love a veteran that is transitioning into civilian life and maybe needs just a little bit of help, somebody to walk the path with them, I'd encourage you to give them a call. That's the Johnson Brower Foundation. Their phone number is 
616-706-2521. That's 616-706-2521. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.